The following message is presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Now the message. Well, I'm really nervous about this next opening story here because, you know, we can offend people pretty quick when you talk about their dogs. Um, so I'm not sure if I should take a poll or if I should just talk in general, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to step out there and take a risk. How many people in this room believe it's okay to have dogs inside the house? Raise your hand. All right, you okay with your dogs inside the house? How many don't want one in the house? There you go. That's the way it always goes right there. I think I saw people raise their hand twice. You got dogs in the house, but you don't want them in there. That's where I find myself. I'm right there in the middle of it. I like having them around when I want don't, when I want them around, but most of the time when I'm in the house, I don't want them around. Uh, I've got one that thinks that, that she ought to be able to sleep on the same bed as me. And we have a debate about that quite often, she and I, and most of the time she ends up on the floor. Uh, there's, um, there, there are folks that have different standards and different, uh, I guess they're more comfortable with different ways of treating the, that particular pet in the house. Now, cats, I could talk about cats, but you can't control them, so they don't really fit the illustration. But you got dogs, and uh, some people like to have their dogs strictly outside. Some of them only want their dog in a kennel, and where that kennel is real controlled, and you can kind of keep track of the dog and take care of that. And some people want to just let them run loose and let them run free and do whatever they want to do. Uh, I haven't had any luck with that, just so you know. I had a basset hound that I let outside one time. It sniffed a rabbit, and the last thing I saw that basset hound that was kicking up dust about half a mile down the road, chasing what they thought, what she thought she smelled. Never saw her again. Somebody got a free dog somewhere. There's some people that like their dog to sit at the table with them and eat. They had that. They had their own plates. They have their own placemats, and uh, they may. And I've seen it. I've seen people let a dog drink something out of their mouth. All right, we'll, t- we'll stop at that one. That's the extreme. So you see all these extremes. So uh, th- there's different levels of uh, freedom that those animals have in different homes. But I grew up with someone uh, that we knew real well close to us, as an older man that lived by himself, and he believed he needed a dog. Uh, I'm not sure why he believed he needed a dog. I think it was his alarm system. He wanted a dog for an alarm. <coughs> so he had in the backyard a little dog house, like every dog house you might have seen in the 70s. It was made by uh, by hand, shaped like a house, like you might see Snoopy sitting on top of in the backyard. And in the front of that house, there was a stake in the ground, and that stake had a ring on the end of it. And in that ring, there was a chain. And the dog was chained to that house its entire life. So uh, it was a big German shepherd, a uh, pretty good dog. You could go out and pet it. I didn't spend too much time too close to it because I wasn't sure how much I trusted this dog. But um, but he um, he lived in that that location his entire life. He had been there so long that there was a ring wore out at the end of the chain. Can you get the picture of what he's living like? There's no grass 
in that because he's wore out every piece of grass there or chewed on it. And then there's a deeper ring at the very end where he's wanted to get one step farther than he could get and he just couldn't get cut loose. Live his life like that. That's the people that we're talking about in the book of Romans. So if you go to the book of Romans, you've got people that are caught up in uh, religious bondage. Not just religious bondage, but there's also a spiritual bondage that people are are trapped with. They're chained to. Uh, there may be uh, societal bondage that they're so connected with they can't break free. And they've lived their lives a certain way. So I've got, uh, we've gone up through about chapter 6 and all the way through up to that chapter. You see that there is a... Uh, a wickedness, a lostness to the world, and there's a difference between walking with the Lord and not walking with the Lord, <laughs> knowing Him and not knowing Him, and uh, that there is a there's a proclivity to sin in the world. People are bound to get caught up in it. So that's what we find out in these first chapters. And then He tells us what it means to be set free by Jesus. And it's easy for us that are in this room, most of us, I want to venture to say every one of us possibly in this room have had an experience where we have given our life to Jesus and have been set free and we live in a life now that we know we have eternity with God. But there's some things that we've not quite caught on to every day in our life that we are completely set free in Him. We're living a little bit like that dog where we've been chained to a way of thinking. That way of thinking has us bound to where we're wearing ruts out in our the life that we live because uh, we'll only go to this point. To get to this point, we kind of stop short of trusting what God can do. We know that God is bigger than that. We have this mental ascent that he is omnipotent and powerful. And we have him uh, as access to him and relationship with him. But we don't quite let go and let him completely control and run every part of our life. Kind of want to hang on to it, live inside those bounds. Then we get into, I'm just going to thumb through just for a second and look at the, I want you to look at the headings in chapter 6 and 7. So you can understand where he's coming from. Very first part of uh, chapter 6, he says that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ if we have him. So we know that we are alive, we're no longer chained, we're no longer in bondage, but we've been set free. But he, then he says that we are slaves to righteousness. And I'm, I'm not preaching from uh, t- headings, by the way, I'm just saying this is where, this is the context of where we're coming from. And then verse 7, chapter 7, we're released from the law, but bound to Christ. The people that he is preaching to, the Hebrew people that, that Paul would be speaking to, he is saying that you have been chained to the law. You've been chained to it. That's who you, your, what your life has been. You're bound, bound to the law, or you're bound to sin, one way or the other or both. And then we get to chapter 8. I'm going to be uh, speaking to us out of chapter 8 today. Chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So that chain has been broken. I don't know if you ever had a, a, a dog that you let live in the house all the time. 
and then somebody leaves the door open, and that dog gets out, he gets set free, he's ready to go, run and roam and do and do whatever he wants to do, smell the smells he hadn't smelled before, do the things he hadn't done before, talk to the neighbors he hadn't talked to before, he's been set free. We in Christ have been set free to go beyond what has bound us, what's kept us from experiencing all that we were created to experience and know. Verse 3, for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So we all been, we've all been cut loose. We've all been set free. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh's desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So people that are living in a sinful life think about sinful things. Do y'all believe that's true? They're going to be dwelling on those things. They're going to be caught up in those things. They're going to be drawn to those things. I brought something today I, I wanted to show because uh, this is a rabbit hole. This truck, a barn fine truck, it had been setting up and somebody had driven it to work every day until he passed away and uh, they, the family kept the truck and it looks just like that truck on the, on the front of this magazine. It's a 72 Ford short bed F-150, short wide bed with a V8 in an automatic transmission. I thought, whoo, they talk about these things on TV shows. They're worth something. So I think I'm going to buy that thing. So I bought it for a good price and and uh, got really into it, got really, really liked it, so I went and bought, bought this magazine. They're not very complex, so they're not very hard to fix. It's not something you need a, a, a manual on to tell you every little detail but every little thing. But it is fun to get involved in it. So I got in there and started reading about how people, they will, and this is, okay, I mean, let me nerd out just for a second. Uh, these things are hard to drive. They don't have power steering. They don't have they don't have the right kind of brakes on them like we are used to today. So you could take the the front end out of a LTD Ford LTD and put in one of these things. And when you do that, they have more modern a modern system, and that modern system's safer, and you can do some things. Um, so anyway, I was thinking about all that stuff. I got so into this that by the way, I had avoided Pinterest. Pinterest, I thought, was really only for ladies that want to do decorating. That's what I was told. Or maybe some other creative stuff, crafts. But I got into Pinterest and I found out that you could pin, you could pin this truck, uh, on the top of your, uh, page and say that you're interested in that. And all of a sudden, everybody in the world that's posting these trucks and things about them, uh, it'll pop up on your Pinterest page. And you can go look at their, their postings and you can like it or what, I don't really know what you do. Somehow you're collecting these other pictures under this page. And before you know it, you got this whole little world built around, uh, a 1972 F-150. So, uh, not sorry, it's not F-150, it's F-100. Uh, you get, you get caught up in that. And that becomes everything you think about. 
You get down this, you get down this road and you start thinking about these things. And when you think about these things, all of a sudden you're caught up in that and you're caught up in it so much that really there's not much margin for anything else in your life. I know people that do that with their phones. They get caught up in conspiracy theories that pop up on Facebook. You know, the conspiracy theories like, uh, something like, you know, when they had that big fire in Maui, uh, that only houses without blue, um, Blue roofs burned. If you had a blue roof on your house, it didn't burn. That's some sort of government conspiracy. Did y'all know that? If you stay on Facebook long enough, you'll find it. There's more than that. That's an easy one. I'll get you some hard ones if you want to know some, some things you can get caught up in. You can just get caught up in that. And that's the way people in the flesh are. People that are caught up in the flesh just go down that track and get so far down that track they get lost in it. But people in the Lord, people who who care about Him and think about Him and love Him and have the Holy Spirit in their life and live by the Spirit, they get swept away the same way in the Lord. They just get caught up. Caitlin was telling me the other day that uh, she started reading this little baby Bible to Lily, it's a children's Bible, little stories in it. She's two, two years old, so, you know, she likes pictures and likes for you to talk to her. So anyway, she's got this Bible. She says they got so caught up in it, they did a hundred pages of it in one night. Now that's getting swept away, swept away by things of the Lord. Now, if you want to grow in him, you want to know him, you want to feel like you can trust him, you want to get swept up in him. You're, you're, where you're down this road of knowing that you get the Spirit in your life. Because you get the Spirit in your life, you, you can live according to the Spirit. And that's what Paul is teaching these people. He's saying, you were caught up in this. You were chained. You have been set free. You can be swept away in the Holy Spirit and be, and be led by Him. Not only will you be led by Him, you'll be counseled by Him. You'll be guided by Him. You'll be strengthened, strengthened by Him. So let's go back to Romans 8. We'll get to verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. It's talking about those that are born again, those that are saved. Every one of you that knows him, you're not in the realm of the flesh. But you are indeed in the realm of the spirit. So because you have Christ in you, you are in the status, you're in the state of being in the spirit all the time. It's not something that comes on you. Uh, another Facebook meme that popped up a lot that I was entertained by at Christmas, every time I saw it, I wanted to watch it, was all these little Grinch Santa Clauses that were dancing. Did y'all see that one? They're all dancing. Somebody's playing full gospel music, and they're, they've gotten the spirit, and they're all dancing around. One of them falls over in the spirit. Well, um, that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about that one-time moment something like that happens. I mean the fact that you are saved, you have the Spirit in you. You're filled with the Spirit. So you know that you have the Father, the, 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 the God of all eternity, the omnipotent Lord, you have Him in you. That's what you're possessed with. You go, wherever you go in the world, wherever you uh, find yourself, you're bringing the Lord along with you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, this is those that, are, that don't know him. They do not belong to Christ. 
So there is one status or the other status, and that's the only status of the world. You're either saved, not saved. Verse 10, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit of spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you Give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we, do, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live, live by the spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So we have this dichotomy here. There's two things, this body of the spirit either of the Spirit or not of the Spirit. And now we get to the passage I want us to look at. What it means to live in the Spirit. He's going to say some things to us in these next three verses. He's going to say some things that we need to take to heart because it's, it's this is not a message, uh, one of those messages where we're pointing fingers at people and say, you need to stop doing that. What I'm saying to you in this message is, this is who you are. Because you have Jesus, you are blessed beyond our understanding. We have things that we don't fully tap into, things we don't fully understand and know, things that, that, that the Lord has, has, has given us that we need to know about and be, and be encouraged in. Hey, the difference between this truck right here and the one I drive today, the one I drive today has some things on it I have no idea what they do. I had somebody, one of my employees said to me the other day, he says, you know, on that screen on your radio, if you touch that little icon there, your backup camera turns around and you can see everything in front of you. I had no idea. I did that. I, I couldn't stop. I was going to have a wreck because I was enjoying looking at that, that, that camera going out the front. And then all of a sudden it broke and now it didn't work anymore. And I'm really disappointed. I want to know everything about the Lord. I want to know everything. I want to know everything about what it means to live in the Spirit. And I don't, I don't think I do yet. But I think I will learn in time. I think you will learn in time as the more you know Him and trust Him and live in, in, in saturation with Him, you will trust Him. Verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We know that. We're led by the Spirit that gives us confidence that we have another status now we belong to god we're his children here's some benefits what it means to be led by the spirit number one because we have the spirit we have god with us and he's leading us that's not just the super spiritual people that's not just the ones that talk spiritual all the time it's the saved ones anyone that is saved has god leading you in the spirit, where you need to go. And he's with you. If I were to choose to sit right there in that chair, over there in this chair, in that chair right there, spirit's with me. She's with me. I travel all over the world. When I'm sitting in that airplane, that person next to me, they've got the Lord sitting with them. Because he's with me. Got the Holy Spirit in me. Alive. Same with you. No matter where you go, what you do, where you eat breakfast, what places you shop, you have the Lord in you and with you, going and leading you wherever you go. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians 
Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, <coughs> whom you've received from God and you're not your own? I've heard that met that verse preached a lot of different ways for a lot of different purposes to a lot of different ends. But what he's saying to us is that the Holy Spirit lives in us. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Always present. Always present. Always there. John 14, 26. The companion, the Holy Spirit, the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. So because we have the Spirit, we're being taught and understand what it means, what the Lord is teaching us through his word. I had a pastor tell me this week, he's been to seminary, got two master's degrees, and he um, he talked about his understanding of the word. He said, you know where I learned most of the word? He said, almost everything I know about the Bible, I learned when I was about between 7 to 12 years old, sitting in my kitchen table in the mornings when my mother would break out the Bible and read a story to us. He said, I know all those stories from there. I know it. So they taught him that word. And now he is led by the Lord daily in the spirit because the spirit in us is teaching us the truth, revealing the truth in us from God's word. So it's not all this reading you may do that you don't completely process the day that you pro- you read it or that you hear it in Sunday school you don't quite grasp onto it or you heard it when you were young or you may hear it from this message all those those times when the word is being taught to you the spirit is retaining that which already he already has that and is teaching you through that so you're learning it's going to help you so First, we have God leading us. Second, we have the Spirit teaching us truth. John 16, 13 says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth, and He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what's yet to come. He's guiding you along. So this is a good time to take a break, and let's understand what it means uh, to have the Spirit as the Godhead. We get taught young at an early age what it means, what the Trinity is. I've heard people use the egg illustration to teach the Trinity. How many of you heard the egg, what the egg is? You've got the yolk, it's God the Father. You've got the um, the white of the egg that represents Jesus, and the outer shell is the Holy Spirit. All three of those are separate, but they're still one. You could not have an egg without those three things. I've heard it as the same thing with the sun. You have the mass of the sun, it's God the Father. You have... The light of the sun is Jesus, and the warmth of the sun is the Holy Spirit. The Bible teaches that God is three in one. And that spirit that I'm speaking about is not some uh, antic that happens in someone's religious life, but the, the revelation of God, the manifestation of God in your life. So God is here. He's here right here today. He's in me. He's in you. He is, that Trinity is here. So that should give you a little confidence to know that you're more than just some person walking around, but you are full of the Lord. You have the Lord in you. He teaches us. Third thing he does, he convicts us of sin. John 16, 8. (coughs) When he's come, when the Spirit's come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. So that 
conviction you get when he speaks to you is that God in you is awakening your spirit so you can know, choose right from wrong. You can choose to say those words. You can choose to look at those things or not. You can choose to say, to, to, to be that place that, that may or may not be the right place for you to be. The Holy Spirit will convict you and speak to you and tell you what you need to hear. I was hunting with a guy yesterday and he said, uh, it was 20, 24 with 25 mile an hour wind gust. And we're both too old to be doing that. And we're out there and um, doing our, you know, doing the thing. We come back in for dinner. Uh, actually, it was Friday when we did that. We came back in for dinner Friday, and um, we were sitting around a table. He says, you know, once I was on a mission trip with a bunch of students to Colorado, and we were doing mud outs, and we were digging out. Uh, people who had been flooded and helping them out. And one morning we woke up, and there was snow on the ground. And I said to myself, I am not going out and digging out mud in the snow. He said, but then the Lord said to me, you'd be hunting in this weather. He said, so I got up and went out and dug out. That's the Holy Spirit speaking. That was the Holy Spirit. That wasn't his conscience. That wasn't uh, good judgment. That wasn't guilt. That was the Holy Spirit speaking. And the Lord leads you that way and convicts you of sin and tells you how, how to live. Fourth thing is, is the Holy Spirit's a counselor. John 14, 16 says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. You could sit down in a chair next to Jesus in that chair if you lived with him in that time. And he could counsel you with godly wisdom. But right now you can sit down in that chair with a Bible in your hand, praying, talking to the Lord. And he is speaking to you and counseling you the same way. He sent you the Holy Spirit. He sent you the Spirit. Sometimes you don't know the right thing to say and the right things to do, but you can say, Lord, I need your counsel, and he'll give you your, his counsel. The next thing the Holy Spirit does is he affirms Jesus as Lord. When you may doubt what's true or what's right and what's real, if God is really who he says he is, the Holy Spirit's going to come back and affirm that he is who he says he is. John 15, 26, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what's yet to come. He's with you. He's affirming Jesus. He's affirming Jesus as Lord. Next thing he does, he produces behavior in us. The Holy Spirit helps manifest, helps produce you Acting godly. You acting Christ-like. Me acting like Jesus. We know Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We know that the Spirit produces that in us. Philippians 2.13 says, for it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So he is teaching us from this word that we have the spirit in us helping us act right, do right. That's the Holy Spirit doing that in you. <clears throat> you know, I, I've said this a couple of times. I'm not just saying it because uh, it's, it's to my benefit to do it. I'm saying it because it's true. Y'all are a bunch of good people. You're a bunch of good people. You know why? 
Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit did it. The Holy Spirit made you who you are. Made you be kind. Made you be patient. Made you be loving. Made you be generous and giving. Made you faithful. He did all those things. He taught you that. And because he taught you that, that's why you're the people you are. People in the Spirit. So, Spirit does all those things I said before. And the seventh thing he does, he's a giver of spiritual gifts. And we can't get into that one today. It'll be week after next. He gives spiritual gifts. Everyone in this room, just read the chapter. 1 Corinthians 12. You're gifted. You have the abilities to do things beyond the flesh and what the flesh can do. Let's go back to the dog illustration for a second. I know people that have dogs that can do some things. Dogs that will stand up on command, that will roll over and play dead, that will fetch things that you don't even, you know, you've already thrown them out there, you know, two days ago, go get that, and they go get it. Uh, There's dogs that can do some things, that have been taught some things. They're just gifted. They're beyond, beyond other dogs. Now, our dog used to have some gifts, but she's not been exercising her gifts lately. Her main gift is that she can recognize when any other dog comes on TV. And bark at it. Well, she she loves that gift. She exercises it excessively. But last week, Karen taught her a new gift. This dog now can jump on a trampoline. So we have those baby trampolines in the house for Lily so she can exercise. And it's got a little handlebar on it. Lily grabs the handlebar and uh, starts jumping up and down on this thing and bounces around. And one day she looked over, and this is how Lily calls anybody in the family because her words aren't really good yet. She smooches at us and she goes, come here. She wants us to come like a dog. So she smooches at Ruby, the dog, and Ruby walks over and stands there. And Karen says, go ahead, get up on there with her. So Ruby got up on the trampoline and bounced a little while. That was good enough for me. But Ruby decided she wanted to be like Lily, so she put both paws on the handlebars. So we got Lily with paws on this side, our hands on this side, Ruby with her paws on this side, and the two of them are just bouncing up and down. Now that's a gift. That's a special gift. You probably have some things in your life that you don't know you can do that the Holy Spirit's ready to do through you. Ready today. You could probably speak to people boldly and share the gospel in ways you never thought you could speak because the Holy Spirit's gifted you. You probably understand some things in the world, have that discernment. because You have that discernment because you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in our relationship with God. All those things. We have Him leading us. We have Him teaching us. We have Him convicting us. We have the counselor. We have the affirmation of truth. We have this behavior that comes. We have those spiritual gifts that are extraordinary. And then we have what He teaches in the rest of this chapter. Verse 15 of Romans 8. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're God's children. We're not just God's pets that get trained like Ruby on a trampoline. We're his children. 
We're adopted. We have sonship. We have daughtership. We belong to him. And verse 17 tells us who we are in that status. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. So Paul takes time out in all this great description of of sin and being trapped in sin and set free and being in bondage and not being in bondage, being slaves and being not being a slave, being sinful and being righteous. And he's in this long discourse in these first seven chapters of the book. And then chapter eight, it comes to who we are in him. And he says, we're his children. You know him, you're his child. We know there's, there's more verses in chapter eight that are just amazing of our status with him. We know all the things, the terrible things we face and work together for the good of the Lord. Verse 28. We just know we, we know he's working everything out in our life. We know that we're more than conquerors in Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in us. The saddest state of a human to be in is not have the Holy Spirit. That means you're lost. That means you're a German shepherd on a chain somewhere in bondage and need to be set free. So that's why we get up here and preach every Sunday and why we teach Sunday school and why we go out and witness to people and why we read Bible verses to our children is because we don't want them to be slaves to sin. We want them to be set free. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great word from Romans 8. And I pray that today that we would truly understand what it means to live in your spirit. To have confidence. To have strength. To have boldness to have comfort, to be set free from anxiety, to be uh, fully understanding of that sonship we have in you. And Father, we know people, and there may be somebody listening today that's, that's not set free, that are slaves to sin. And we pray that you would set them free and they would trust you with their life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The preceding message was presented by First Baptist Church in Manny, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about the church, including contact information, go to the website www.fbcmany.org. Thank you for listening and may God bless you.